I just want to encourage people out there to continue to keep the mask on. That's important. I want to share that. Uh, as I want to say this in case I forget to say it at the end. So at the end of service, um, we, as we exit the building, I know people like to socialize. We have a family of people, man, who love to hug and connect and all that. But don't get offended, please, with, if nobody hugs you or anything like that, because we're encouraging people when service is over, just uh, give your offering on the way out the building and exit the building uh, for safety reasons. Uh, we just don't want anybody to get sick. So as much as we can eliminate the contact, we want to eliminate it. Amen? Amen. So don't get offended. All right. And so uh, the, 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 the title of our series is How to Stand in Difficult Times. How to Stand in Difficult Times. And I just want to share with you all that it's impossible for us to really stand in difficult times if we don't stand together. It's important that you understand it's going to take all of us. God never, ever intended for us to work in isolation. He always wanted us to work together as a team uh, in order to accomplish his goals. And so when the difficult time comes, uh, I'm there, man, to really lift my brother up or be there, man, someone, man, that can reach out to me and I can touch them and they can touch me. We really carry each other. And so God knew that, and the uniqueness of God is that he made sure that everything we needed was available in the earth uh, so we can really handle challenging times. Even in the midst of the pandemic and things that's going on, he says uh, 10,000 may fall at your side, but it won't touch you. Just remember, when people are, they've lost loved ones, people have came to their rescue. People gotten sick, people are there. People have lost their jobs, people are there. Uh, God has made finance available for people, man, who are st- struggling financially. Remember, man, God is amazing, and he does amazing things. And we have to really have faith and trust in God and not in a system. The faith is in God, not in a system. It's about the kingdom. So when Jesus, when Jesus came, he said, I bring a kingdom of God. The kingdom is God's governing rule. He was trying to let us understand the message that the king is here, and in a kingdom, all you have to do is follow the orders of the king. And he says, everything belongs to him, so I got this thing. So whenever you're challenged, if something's going on, trust the king. The uniqueness of this king is that uh, he has healing uh, that's available. He has deliverance that's available. If you mess up in life, he's there. He has repentance that's available. This king says, listen, in my kingdom, I intend for everybody to be a success. He said, so I created my kingdom and I created you all to really have my spirit to work together uh, to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I will not leave you comfortless. So, I mean, I'm going to be there with you, man, through this, but you have to trust in me. So in your ups and in your downs, keep your eyes focused on me. Don't look at people. Don't get discouraged with people when you lose a loved one or someone get really sick or you lose your job. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Now, that's important. I want to share that with you uh, because I think that a lot of us, man, have really lost focus. And so during this pandemic, man, Satan has deceived us. He's really deceived a lot of people, and he's causing people, man, to lose faith and walk away. When it first happened, uh, people were right on point, man. They were just nervous. They was reading every kind of devotional, listening to every message online. But like anything else, like a new store in town, when they first come to town, they first open, man, everybody want to eat the food, buy the clothes and all that. And after a while, man, it gets kind of old news, right? Well, that's what happened with this pandemic. 
uh, as it started to go and it started to go longer and longer and longer, people were still a little nervous. We still a little scared and all that. And so, uh, but people get a little more comfortable. Now, people say, well, you know, people are not that comfortable. Everybody being careful. Don't you fool yourself. Right? People not. Now, we may look in the sanctuary and it may not be nobody there. We may not have the big crowds that we had, but the people are following online. But let me tell you something. Uh, people are funny people. And I want you to understand that because they may say, well, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go to church because, you know, that pandemic, I can't believe they're having church inside. But I promise you, if you have an open house or a wedding reception, I'm coming and I'm putting on my best suit. All right. So I'm going to get together. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to hang out with the people. I'm going to talk to people in the grocery line. I'm going to do all that, but I'm not going to church because I want to be safe. Right. So don't fool yourself. People do what they want to do. That's why you don't fuss at nobody because where they want when they want to go, they go. So don't fool yourself. Well, this that was my family. Your family can have a virus. I just talked to a lady in the hospital. She said her brother came in from Chicago. He was asymptomatic and infected the whole family. All right. So don't let the devil fool you. All right. Make sure you understand that you keep your eyes focused on God and trust the God of the Bible. And don't let anybody see. Now, I'm not trying, I'm not, I didn't say that for people to come to church because that's on you and the Lord. I don't fuss about that kind of stuff. But I just want you to understand, man, don't let the devil trick you into making you think one thing uh, and then you go around, you do some other thing and think you're safe over here because he can get you. All right? He tried to lure you to sleep. All right? So let me get into this message because it's so powerful. Is that love in action is really the power of the church. Love is really the power of the church. Um, so here's how we know it. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now listen, God loved us so much, man, that he wanted to bring us back into relationship with him. So he sent his son into the world, man, to really die, conquer death, reunite, reconnected us, give us the power to be able to connect with God so we can open, we can pray to him anytime we want, and we can have direct access to him, man, without going through anybody else. He gave us all direct access, right? So that's how you know God said, man, listen, I love you so much because I want to have a personal relationship with you. He said, so much so that I'm sending my son to reconnect it. Now, you got to believe in him because if you don't trust him and believe him, you really won't connect with me, right? Because you'll do your own thing, right? So, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 16 and verse 18, here's what Jesus says. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, right? And upon this rock I will build my church, right? And the gates of hell should not prevail against. He said that hell, the gates of hell is going to come against the church, but it just won't prevail, right? He said the church is not this building, kingdom embassy. The church is really my people. All right, and understand that. He said, now, remember, if you have to go back into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that, understand what church is, ecclesia, which was a called out group of people that really meant to really shape and move the economy and things like that. So we look at our sin in the house and all that. That's what the church was really all about. It was called ecclesia. So Jesus said, I'm calling out a group of people, man, to impact the world. He said, and I chose you to be an impact. He said, now, listen, it's not about the building. It's about you. Right? He said, you got to really be the church, man, wherever you go. He said, you got to really represent me wherever you go. So you don't get to turn it on when you walk in a building and turn it off. 
He said, because you got to show this love everywhere you go because you can't show it here and not show it there because if you don't show it there, I'm, people won't be so angry they'll never come here. Right? Because they say, you said you love the Lord and you, you save and you're sanctified and you're Holy Ghost filled. But when you leave here, I can't get you to do nothing for me. I can't get you to give me a ride to church. I can't get you, I, you can't come and give me a ride to the grocery store. You're too busy to do anything else. But you get up and you dance and you run around the church and you speak in tongues and you do all those things. He said, listen, that's not the intent. All right? He said, love carries beyond the building into the hearts and minds of people so we can impact the world in such a positive way. So he said, listen, he said, now Satan's going to come in and going to try to infiltrate your mind and try to transform you into being something other than what I really call you to be, right? So then, now watch this here. This is the most important part. Uh, uh, in Romans chapter uh, 11, in verse 29, it says, for God's gifts and cause are irrevocable. Now, that's in the NIV version. It says irrevocable. For those who are King James people who really love it, it says, for the gifts and calling of God is without repentance. All right? Now, what does that mean? All right? So, really what God was talking, what was happening, and Paul was having a conversation uh, with, the, uh, uh, with the Gentiles, and he was talking to them about Israel, because Israel, Israel was God's chosen people. And he was telling God's chosen, he was telling uh, Gentiles, to listen, the gift that God, God called them, man, to be his chosen people, and he won't repent from it. He don't care what Israel do, God is going to save Israel. So don't fool yourself thinking just because you're the Gentiles, now you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and they won't accept him, so he's just going to wipe them out. He said, no, God made a promise, and he will keep his promise. Well, how does that apply to us? That apply to each one of you all because God called you guys. God gave you a gift and a calling in ministry. Every one of you. God gave you a gift and a calling. And he will not repent for what he gave you. When you accepted Jesus Christ in this life, he gave you a gift. Now, you can go get drunk. You can get high. You can prostitute. You can dance. You can walk away from church. You ain't got to go. But the calling is irrevocable. Now, you may walk away from God and do your thing and go where, whatever, man, and not preach or not teach or not minister or not serve. Fine. That don't mean it's not on you. That's why he said, I keep knocking on the door, and sooner or later you're going to turn this thing around and come back and understand because it's about people and it's about loving people. And the reason I gave you the calling, the reason I gave you the gift, because I wanted to make a difference in the life of people, and you can't run from it. You can go to the bar and get as high as you want. You can do whatever you want. You can try to go into the deepest dungeon. It does not matter. He said, I'll be there. He said, I don't care where you go because I call you. And that pull is going to be on your heart. And here's the thing. People are going to see you and they're going to say, it's something about you. Because God put a call on your life. He says, this is something about, why are you here? You don't, have no, you don't look right here. The reason why they say that is because God has a call on your life and people can see it even if you're drunk. Because, uh, because love is about magnifying the life of other people and God gave you something to make a difference in the life of other people. So don't miss that piece. That's important. So he said, I'm not changing. I'm not going to take that from you. I don't care. Now, you may get uh, uh, 
fed up with people, because you don't get fed up with God. You don't get angry with people because something happened, and I don't understand why this happened. And then you may walk away and, and say walk away from the building because you can't walk away from the church. You're just walking away from the building. So when people say, well, I ain't coming back to Kingdom Embassy no more, that's fine, but you can't walk away from the church because the church is you. You know, where you going to go and leave yourself over here? You can't leave yourself. Wherever you go, you're going to be there. So you can't walk away from church. But we know the hell is going to come in and try to get you to do it, but you can't walk away from it. So God calling for you is important, all right? Now, in Ephesians, here's what Paul was telling the church of Ephesians. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. You have to live a life worthy of your calling. Because he's talking to the people, man, who have accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And when he accepts you, man, you turn, God gave you a call in your life. I'm, I'm going to help you with your calling in a little bit. And, and he said, listen, it's important that you have to walk worthy of it because, watch this here, people who don't know God only get to see God through you. So you have to always walk worthy of that calling uh, because people are watching you even when you don't think they're watching you. You think your job is just a job while you fussing and complaining when God have you there, man, ministering your gift. Right? So he says, you have received. He says, but be completely humble, watch this, and gentle. Now, because... Some of us were raised in certain environments, and we said, this is how it is. And we so nasty and mean and rude and all that because the environment we were raised in, and we saw people, man, in different lights. So instead of us focusing on Christ, when Christ came into our life and birthed us again, and we became born again, we want to hold on to the old life. So we still want to see people, man, through the lens before we got saved. Now, you know God saved you because you're amazing, right? So if he did it for you, he can do it for others, right? So he said, but so when you're dealing with people, he said, be completely humble and gentle. Be very patient with people. Because he said, because love in action is very patient. He said, be patient because they're going to work your last nerve, but remember you working with me. And I got the Holy Spirit working through you, and the only reason you're there in that sphere of influence is because I put you there. So be patient, whatever you do. He says this, bearing with one another in love. Now, it's important because he's trying to build this body of baptized believers. And a lot of us, man, we're so hard on people, man, who've accepted Christ and walked away, Right? But remember, those are your brothers and sisters, man, who've been tricked by Satan to pull away. And God is telling you, says, listen, come alongside them, love them, be patient, and show love. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He says, make sure whatever you do, man, try to be unified because anything. Now, this is good. I just listened to a sermon the other day by Steve Furtick. Listen, uh, one of Satan's uh, strategies is he want to cause a division. If I can divide, I can conquer. If I can divide you as a body, then you are ineffective, right? So he says, whatever you do, man, don't let Satan divide you. So he tells us to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through, watch this here, the bond of peace. Because Satan wants to keep all kind of turmoil and all kind of hell going on in your life. 
and whatever and cause all kind of discourse and all that. He says, listen, your role in the kingdom is to transform the lives of people. He said, I gifted you. I gave you a calling, right? And say, know your calling, right? So he tried to revert you back to your sin nature and try to get you to operate in your sin nature. So you cussing and fussing and doing all this, thinking it matter. And here's what happened. You cause people to lose faith in God because they only see God through you. So now you say, I don't understand. I ain't God where you shouldn't have told him you were. You shouldn't have told me you were saved and sanctified. So now they expect you. I love the Lord. Then now my eye, listen, the radar is on you now. Now when I'm in trouble and I'm struggling, I'm going to come to you. Because I believe even if I can't handle it, God can. Right? Amen? So now, so he goes on and says, there is one body, one spirit, just as they were called to one hope. When you recall, he says only one. Now, remember, this is important. So he tried to let us know, man, that we're unified and we're a team to make a difference in the life of people. He said we're unified. It's only one body. It ain't like uh, Queen Esther and Kingdom Embassy and Christ Temple. And all. He said, no, you guys are really one body on different sides of town. Right? He said, understand that you guys are the body, man, working together. So you don't get to talk about people doctrine and, and all this kind of stuff. He said, what you got to do, man, is show love in action. Because watch this here. Whatever happens over there affects what happens here. Because watch this. And it may not affect the people that's a part of the ministry, but it always affects the people, man, that don't know God. So people who don't know God, when something happens over here, it affects the people at Christ's temple, even though they don't have no ties to the person over here. Because all this, the, here's the, here, the association is they are brothers and sisters in Christ, and none of those Christians are any good. That's why I heard a girl tell me the other day, that's why I don't go to church, because those people in the church are fake. I said, you don't even know the people at another church. As I'm talking about your church. I said, oh. So I'm glad I have one. All right. And somebody at another church said, man, they so fake over here. You know, I ain't going back. I said, oh, really? Well, I ain't talking about your church. Right. It's because what happens, and, and so now all of a sudden they disgruntle, or we disgruntle, and then we go out, and then we create division. And now the people that's not saved, Look at you who say you were saved, that you're supposed to impact people, and they thought you was faking the whole time. And God says, listen, he said, these are difficult times. He said, and you can't let the devil trick you over little minute things. Don't let him do it. You got to stay the course, keep your faith in God, and realize that Satan is trying to trick you into walking away from God and not using your gift, man, to be impactful in the kingdom. All right? So then he says this in Roman. We have different gifts. Now, this is important. Now, I'm going to get to your gifts. All right? And I got a survey I'm giving you guys when we leave that you can work on. All right? Some of us did it, but I want to do it again. Here's what he says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, this is important because the body of Christ, we have to use our gifts. Now, everybody says, well, I ain't got no gift. You know, I don't prophesy. I, I don't teach. I don't speak in tongues. Well, let's work with it for a second. Right? He says, if 
your gift is prophesying, then you prophesy then. That's your gift. If your gift is prophesying, then you do it and do it to the best of your ability. He said, do it because it's important because people need to know what God is saying to the people. But everybody don't have that gift. Everybody can't speak to Some people got such a devoted life and so devoted man that God can use them, speak to them, and then they can prophesy and speak encouraging words and all that to people and tell them what God, what the Lord said is right on point. Everybody can't do it. Right? Now, then he says this. He says, um, in the verse 7, he says, if it is serving, then serve. All right? Now, it, I don't care. You can't get out of that. I think that's a gift, man, that God had gave us, all right, a portion of it to everybody. Right? So you, you, don't get out, you don't get to get away and say, well, I don't do anything. He said, because if you have the gift of serving, you're going to find out what you do well after you do the survey. He said, serve and serve well. If it's teach, all right, or, or then teach well. If it's teaching, he said, whatever it is, do it. So if you're a school, teach well in school. Because the kingdom is not just here. You know, maybe you, maybe uh, uh, you may be a mechanic would teach somebody how to, how to work on cars really good. Some, some, you know, lands love to fish. Well, teach them how to fish. But teach them well. Right? Because it's about the kingdom of God. Right? Now, this is good. Right? He said, then he says, some people have the gift of encouragement, right? Some people, man, they just, if that's your gift and some of you guys have it, then use that gift, right? It's, it's without, listen, I'm not taking it back from you even if you don't use it because it's irrevocable. But I need you to use it because they get to see me in action. So please use it because people are banking on you using that gift. Don't get mad at the pastor or mad at your boss or mad at your wife or your children and not use your gift. It's important. The church is the place uh, where, where the building of the church is the, the, uh, the, the congregation piece. It's just come to really lift each other up and sharpen the skills so we can be impactful in our gifts. Right? Now, watch what he says this. If it's given then give generously. Now, some people don't give nothing, right? They, they don't, but some people, they give beyond because that's their gift, and they never run out. And that's their gift. And so your gift doesn't just mean money. It can be a giving of your time. People are just giving, right? Now, so th- watch this here. If you notice something, nobody's exempt because when you, got accept, when you accept Jesus Christ in, in, in your life, he gave you a calling. In the area, and you know what it is. He said, well, I don't know. No, you know what you do well, and you need to do it well for the Lord. All right? All right? He says, if it's lead, uh, then lead diligently. All right? And if, uh, if it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, some people, uh, they, they have that gift, right? Uh, and they said, well, I don't understand, man, why you put up with that. I don't understand why you let them get away with that. It's because you have a gift of mercy. Everybody don't have that calling of mercy. Everybody don't have, uh, uh, if, if you do something wrong, some people cut their head off, give them the lecture chair. They kill somebody, kill them. But people that have mercy, man, you can kill their own kid. You can kill their own spouse. And they're coming across, listen, please don't take their life. That's when you know the gift is working inside of them. Right? 
Because they said, don't, please don't do it. Now, people now say, oh, what they did, you ought to just go for the throat. They say, no. Because they have the gift of mercy. Why is it? He said, I put that in the church. I put that in the body because we all going to need it. Sometimes every, it's not a person in here have not done something, man. The God didn't put somebody in your life had the gift of mercy. It's not a person in this room that you didn't do something, man. And God had a person with the gift of mercy that came to your rescue. And they came, and when you was down and out and you knew you was caught dead in the act, they came and they lifted you up. And, and they was there, man, to encourage you. Now, and so you got to realize that you ain't just anybody. You, you're not just anybody, right? Now, now I want to share some things about ministry because all that stuff is ministry. Ministry is, it comes really after salvation. Once you accept Christ, all right, uh, it does not come for salvation. It comes after salvation. You can get to any feet, right? Ministry is selfless. See, all those gifts are for ministry to do work, man, for the kingdom, man, to help transform the earth and move the people. Everything's about people in their life. You can't get away from it, man. You can't ever get around it. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how deep you are. You don't get around it. It's all about ministry and ministering to people, right? Ministry is serving others. It's not being served. So your gift is for you to use, man, to serve other people. And watch this. When you operating in your calling and in your gift, man, everybody's life is better to come in contact with you. It's almost like God himself was there. You said, I can't believe you did. Man, they are amazing. And somebody else said, amazing. They didn't do nothing. You said, yes, what? Because they really was operating in their calling, and it was so impactful in your life. It wasn't meant for them at the time. That gift was for you. They needed it. Right? But it's not for you. It's not for, to make you better. It's really to make other. God, everything God gave you, man, is really for other people. But this world, uh, society, has told us it's about us. All right? So ministry is God-centered, not man-centered. That means I'm doing it, man, because of God. Because God drove me. Listen, God gave me this gift and his calling, and I'm doing it. Watch this. And I do it out of love. All right? So, you know, Ardina and I talk about this all the time. And I said, listen. You know, how we handle people, how we deal with people. You know, because she always tell me sometimes, well, Pastor Duran, you know, you look green. I said, I didn't, I don't, I, I can't help it. Because God just gets me like that. I just look at people different. Right? So when you gifted in certain areas, man, God, other people don't see what you see. So you're calling whatever it is, man, you got to do it. That's why you have to dedicate your life. Watch this here. Jesus came to connect us with God, so that's why we got to spend time in prayer so we communicate with God, man, so we can get the power, man, to be impactful. Without that relationship with God and, and spending time with God, we'll never be able to work. I remember uh, Alva sitting in the, in the audience, you know, before Alva and Lance came to our church. Um, I knew them, and so I knew, always knew about them, but I didn't really understand Alva. You know, I knew her, and she was kind of cute, but, you know, but I didn't know nothing about her, right, until... Uh, she became our ministry. And then when, I, when she became a part of our ministry, I realized her gift. Right? And you're talking about the gift of giving for real, in real person, in real life. It is. It's almost, she'll put it on the screen so we can see it. You know, 
She come in and, and people make kids she didn't know nothing about or whatever, man. She would sell dinner. She would buy the food herself, sell dinner so kids can go to camp. If you was doing something, you wouldn't do something for kids, man. She's a great, phenomenal, phenomenal cook, right? She would buy all this food, spend all Lance's money, buy all this food, and then and then and sell the dinner, not so she can benefit. It was always for someone else. Now, some people say, man, that's crazy. Now, they, at least they can give you the money. You know, we would call her, and we would have a, a funeral or something, and we would call her, and she had she have her own daycare, and I, and we said, well, we got to have a, we having a, a recept, uh, uh, somebody pass away, we're having a repast, and it's a huge repast, and we got to have this food, Trina would call her, just get the food, and I cook, now she got a whole daycare to run, but because her gift, she makes time, she said, all right, I got to do it, even if she tired, she can't even not do it. She can't not do it if she don't want to do it. She said, well, I ain't doing this, man. They better not call me no more. Somebody call her, okay, uh, I'll do it. She can't not do it because that's her calling. My wife tell me all the time, honey, you can't be talking to people all the time. You can't counsel everybody. I said, oh, that's my calling, Ardina. She said, you need some rest. I said, Ardina, don't mess with my phone, Ardina, don't play. And see, and what she don't realize, you know, Camilla, they get on me all the time, but what they don't realize is, man, that's life-giving for me. It gives me, it's, I can't help it, it's just my calling. That's why I don't charge people. When people say, well, I, need, I get people come all the time, can you counsel me and my husband, can you do this here? I'm like, yeah, well, how much we charge? I, charge? I say, I don't know, I can't charge nobody, don't give me no money. Because if you give me money, then I ain't working in my calling. So, so I don't want no money. I just got to try to get it in my schedule because I'm going to do it for you. That, that's, what, that's what your calling is all about. So, so watch this. Here. He said, ministry is voluntary, not involuntary. Ministry is spirit-led, not feeling-led. Just because I don't like you, I ain't feeling good, I'm still going to do what God called me to do. And watch this. Here. You can be sick as a dog, Sister Victoria. Somebody call you and tell you to pray for him. You can't help. You so, you so sick and stressed out and all that. Then all of a sudden, all that go out the window, man, your focus is on them. It's no longer on you. You're not even sick anymore. You're like, what's going on? Then when you get done, you're like, oh, my God, I'm just so... F-. Well, you weren't even sick during the time you was praying because that was your gift. You was working in your car. And I don't care what they say. You tell your daughter, honey, listen. You know, mama's sick. Who is it? Because you want to minister because that's your calling. And God put that in the body, man, because it's love and action. God put that in us because he knew if I didn't, give, if I didn't gift you in it, then you wouldn't do it. When things get tight, you wouldn't do it, right? So I had to put it in certain gifts because some people won't do it. Some people can pray really good. Some people can sing really good. Some people can serve. Some people give, but they don't give it as a gift. People that have a gift is different. Your gifts are different. Your calling is different. Amen? Now, so let me get here. So love must be sincere, hate what is evil, clean to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Watch this here. Serving people. No, you are serving God. When you're doing things, when you operate in your gift, man, you're not serving people. You're serving God, and he's there. So listen, I need you to go over here. I need you to do this here. So I'm serving him. 
So we, we think we're serving people, man, when we're really serving God in our calling. That's why you can't get away from your calling. You, you can't get away from it, right? And remember, man, you're serving God. You're serving the Lord. You're not serving people. That's why I got to stay connected with him. I got to stay connected because I got to have my power source right. And some of us, even if we're not connected, somebody in need, man, God will use you then. Watch this here. And there's, I don't know why you name them, but a hypocrite. They don't go, I don't know. And here's the thing. Now, you can be a mess over here, right? And then somebody's in a jam over here. Everybody over here know you messy. The person over here, man, in the same community don't even know you messy. Something happened, man. They call on you, man, because they know you're calling. People over here say, I don't know why. They, only, they ain't been to church. They, because the calling is unrevocable. Now, all of a sudden, you come over here, man. They don't know nothing about it. God, use your calling to help minister to somebody else, even if you don't do right sometimes. Because God says it's not about you. It's about the kingdom. And that's why I gifted you. It's just better if you understand who you are so you don't let Satan give you all kind of hell in your life. Because it's miserable, man, when you're walking away from God. And here's the thing. Soon as you operate in your gift over here, you feel so good, right? And if you ain't living right, soon as you get done, you feel miserable all over again. You're like, how did I feel so good while I was doing this here? But now I'm back to the same old thing. Because God wanted to use you and he had gave you the gift. God that gave you the gift. He says, I gave you the gift, and now I need somebody needed, so I got to send you over there because I know you really love me, except you just let Satan run your life. And you're going to be miserable as hell over here. That's what he said. You're going to be miserable. He said, and over here, I'm going to give you a glimpse of my glory, so you'll come over here and feel so good, and then if you don't stay in this space, you're going to come back, and then all hell is going to break loose. All right, now, uh, Faith expressing love. Here's what Galatians says. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is, watch this here, faith expressing itself through love. That's the only thing. Paul was dealing with the church of Corinthians, I mean, uh, 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 Galatians, and they was dealing with this. Well, who's circumcised, who's not? Paul says, listen, man. It ain't about who's circumcised or not. He said, the only thing that really matters is your faith, man, expressed, man, how you loving people. He said, you can go over there and go through all those rituals and talk about all this here and, and all that. He said, you can speak in tongues. You can say, I've been circumcised and, and I'm following all the laws and hear all the rituals. And, and we come to church and I wear my certain hat and I come down and I'm holier than thou. My dress is down here. He said, all that stuff don't mean a hill of beans if you don't love nobody. He said, because the real faith, which is connection with God, knowing you have a relationship with God, is always expressed in love. It ain't expressed no other way. It's only expressed through love, not through your commitment to a ritual. People want to make you do rituals. That ain't got nothing to do with your expression through love, right, and faith. Amen? So now, I want to wrap this thing up, and I want you to remember something, and I want to give you some takeaways. Right? Uh, and it's important to understand it as we close this thing. Right? Love is real. Right? And I mean, listen, the gift God has given you, man, is not just for you. Please understand that. So God has gift you and called you, man. Don't take this message, man, lightly. People that's out there on Facebook, whatever, man, be real about this thing, man. Quit playing with God. 
Don't let the devil, man, steal your joy. Because we're in a pandemic, man, it doesn't stop your ministry. It doesn't stop your calling. Right? Don't let the devil pull you away and cause you to walk away from God's calling. Right? He said, because you're just going to go over here and walk from up on the other road and going to get soaking wet. But the calling is still going to be on your life. You're just going to be wet. He said, you walk over here and all hell is going to break loose in your life. It still does not change the fact. That God put a calling on your life. He said, I'm not going to repent for doing it. And here's what repent me. He said, I'm not changing my mind because you decided to go off the deep end. You know why he said that? He's because I knew you when you was in your mother's womb and I knew you were going to be an idiot at times. He said, when I make a decision, my decision is irrevocable. He said, because I know what Satan's going to do. He said, I know you all going to yield to it. He said, but I'm not changing my mind because I know I got people out there that can help bring you back. So I want to challenge those who are out there, know who you are and your calling in God, is to live a life, watch this here, worthy of your calling so people can see God and be rescued by God. Amen? So here's our takeaway as we close. Trust God and have faith. Faith is believing in the God of the Bible. Believing that God is who he say he is. All right? Have, listen, you got to trust him and know that he's real. And then if I got my faith, Derek, and trust in God, I won't let Satan, man, derail me. And he's derailing us, man. They got us all. This is information. They, somebody give you a little, uh, you, you read a couple of articles. Now, watch this. This is scary, man. Somebody write an article or somebody write something and you read it, and you think it's real, right? Or it could be real. Then all of a sudden, man, you had all this faith in God, and you know how good he's been good to you, and then you leave, and you walk away from it based on somebody who wrote an article who you don't even know. You don't know where they were. You don't know what their experience is in life. You don't know what's happening. All you know, all of a sudden, man, now you don't love the Lord no more, and I don't love the church no more. Where did that come from? You don't know what kind of state that person in that wrote that article. You just read it on Wikipedia. I want you to show people what God really looked like. God love you, and the people need to know what he looks like. And they want to know what he looked like, man, because it's a spiritual thing, and they get to see it in your life. Right? And the last thing, remember you are serving God, not people. People are there, man, so you can express the love of God. Right? Because you got to express it to somebody, but you're really serving God. And God says, I'm connected with you. That's why I gave you my Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. So maybe there's somebody out there on Facebook or whatever uh, that don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. I, I promise you I want to offer him to you because he's the only one, man, that can really transform my life and love like never before. And all you say, if you accept him, who he is, and believe that he's the son of God, so much so, man, you let him be the Lord of your life. He would transform your life. He would give you a gift that's second to none, that people would be so excited 
when they see you coming because they can see your gift working in life because people are struggling and, and they need to see God. So let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we pray for those out there who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We pray that they accept you into their heart. And we pray that they believe that you are the king and you have their best interests and you're willing to be a part of their life. So much so that they will let you lead their every decision. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Come into their heart and let them receive you. We just thank you for it. We pray that you continue to heal and continue to deliver and set free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the way out today, we have a couple things that I want you guys to get. We have a sheet, man, dealing with your gifts. Some of you guys that did the survey. But do the survey again. Please get a survey. And it's going to tell you, man, where your area you're gifted in. I remember Derek was so excited when he got it. He said, I didn't know I could do anything. He found out he was a good tap dancer. No, I'm just playing. So we, uh, <laughs> we no, that's, that's not true. I'm just, love gifts. All right, now, so, but you get to find out your gifts, right? And once, once you find out your gift, man, you'll see, man, you start working in those areas. It ain't got to be some, some one of the five-fold ministries. A lot of people look at the five-fold ministries and think those are the ones. But that God needs all of us. He gifted all of us and gave all of us a calling. Amen? So get those forms on the way. Grab them. Fill them out. Bring them back. Scan them in. Email the results. Let me know what's going on so we can really build God's kingdom. Amen? Dear Lord, as we leave this place, never your presence. Let your Holy Spirit reign over our life. Give us safe travels. Guide our hearts. Bless us like never before. Let us be a blessing to others like never before. We just praise and magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On your way out, you want to be a blessing to the kingdom. Embassy, please leave your offering in the box. For those online, you can share online. We ask everybody to please leave. Don't get offended. Uh, we don't want to stop and congregate in the, in, the, in, the, in the lobby like we normally do because of the, uh, COVID-19. But thank you all so much for coming. And please share your gifts. We need your help. Uh, we can't do it without you. God bless you. Have an awesome, magnificent day.